This week's chapter involves depictions of sexual assault and may not be suitable for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. Dark Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 41 The Quadling Ruins Dorothy the Lion and the newly patched Mister found themselves at the base of a large Mayanesque ruin. Massive was the only way to describe its scale. And even then, that seemed like an understatement. Standing at the base of the massive square pyramid, the travelers found themselves with gaping mouths, looking up at the large stone staircase leading to the top. The brick and stone surface was covered with a thick green moss. The entire ruin emitted a strange cool air, and with it, a dank, musty smell. Dorothy consulted her map. This must be the Quadling Ruins she said without looking up. The ocean is just on the other side. Or that's what Joseph claims anyway. She looked at Mister, who looked back at her with an unsure grimace. Mister was newly designed now. His stomach was mostly Dorothy's blanket. His suit jacket was no longer removable, and his left arm was slightly shorter than his right. His Panama hat was still in somewhat decent condition and rested comfortably on his otherwise slightly misshapen head. Do we go over it? Or around it? asked Mister. He already had an idea of what the answer was. He deliberately left out the third option on the incredibly off chance that Dorothy had not considered it. He really did not want to go through the ruins. Dorothy studied the map a little bit more before answering. I think we would do best just to go over it. Mister gave a small sigh of relief. Over was definitely better than through. It was not, however, better than around, in his opinion. The three of them moved up the stairs, the seemingly endless stairs. Stopping about halfway up for a small meal, the travelers took in the awe-inspiring view. They could see for miles over the trees. Even emerald was a visible speck on the horizon. This is far better than any window I've ever looked out, said the awestruck mister. It's beautiful. Once they finished their meal and got a little rest, they continued to make their ascension. They found the top of the ruins to be a huge flat pad of brick and mortar. It was roughly the size of three, maybe even four football fields. The area was covered in small tents, huts, and shelters of sorts, all arranged in a circle around a large open area in the center. 
I don't like the look of this, Dorothy, said Mister. Visions of China country still fresh in his straw-filled head. Let's just keep moving, replied Dorothy, as she pushed onward. None of them had the stones to peek inside any of the huts or tents, though they were all curious to see what was inside of them. It was the general consensus, however, that they would be very, very sorry if they looked. They found themselves in the center of the large open circle when thunderous sounds of kettle drums boomed through the air. Boom, 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 boom. They immediately stopped and looked around. There were no drums to be seen. Peculiar little people began popping out of their homes en masse until Dorothy and company were completely surrounded. These were the Quadlings. The Quadlings were a tribe and breed of Munchkin, known for their ability to inflict pain. They wore only tribal skirts of bones, sharpened to fine points. They were almost completely covered in hair, and where there was no hair, they had intricate tattoos. The women were all armless, but had long giraffe-like necks. Even though their shoulders were only to Dorothy's waist, their heads towered over her. The men were the opposite. They had no necks to speak of, but had long arms. They were long to the point that they could walk on their hands with their feet dangling several inches above the ground. They all had peculiar, perfectly squared heads. They were so square, in fact, that the tops of them were perfectly flat. They stood silently looking at the travelers, and the travelers stood silently looking back at them. It stayed like this for several seconds, and before long, a large quadling, his body nearly as large as Dorothy's, stepped up and made his way through the crowd. He made his way to the front and straightened up, slightly puffing his hair-covered chest out. He raised a single long arm, balancing on the other, and opened his mouth, letting out a loud, guttural scream. Dorothy looked at Mister to tell him they just needed to run, but it was too late. She watched as a large wooden pike burst through his chest with a loud rip. He gasped and wheezed. A look of shock adorned his face as he looked at Dorothy, and then down once more at his stomach. Placing his hands around the pike, he opened his mouth. <sighs> Why does everyone hurt me? His body began to rise from the ground as the pike was lifted into the air and set in a large stone holder. The crowd roared with loud applause. Dorothy looked all around her, spinning and frantically searching for another pike, another spear or lance, fearing the same fate as her friend. She did not see any more quadlings with weaponry of any sort, but she knew she was still in mortal danger. The relief granted to her knowing that she was not going to be impaled, at this point anyway, 
was short-lived when she noticed two women charging her. Their long necks swung wildly like two dueling giraffes and were almost hitting each other. Her brain's first instinct was to jump out of the way, or at the very least run. Unfortunately, her body's first instinct was to freeze and brace for impact. The lion leapt upon them. Dorothy watched as he dragged them to the edge of the ruin and flung them off with ease. She started spinning around again, still searching for a pike or lance. The thought of impalation had entered into her mind once more. There were still no sharpened pulls to be seen, but still, she knew things were going to get worse. She watched as four quadling men charged from the other end of the ruin. She had more than enough time to jump out of the way, but there were quadlings all around her. If she jumped out of the way of the four charging, she would only be jumping into the way of countless others. Her mind once again said, Run! Run, goddammit! Her body once again said, Fuck! And clenched up tighter than a nun's chastity belt. The four quadlings were quickly upon her. As they knocked her rock-hard, still-clenched body to the ground, they grunted in sick pleasure. The two of them held her arms down by straddling them, as another held her feet down in the same fashion. The fourth one straddled her midsection, all of them groping and grunting. Dorothy began to kick and scream, but the more she fought, the harder they held her down. Breathing heavily, through sick grins of green teeth, they all grunted louder and louder, drowning out her screams and cries. The one on her stomach began moving his hips. With one hand he gripped her right breast, the other hand moved behind him and traveled further down her body. She could feel the two on her arms getting harder as their grins became wider. They began to thrust back and forth as they gyrated. The feel of their disgustingly hairy bodies rubbing on her smooth skin caused her to heave and even throw up in her mouth a little. She turned her head and looked away from her assailants as the vomit trickled out of her mouth and the tears streamed from her eyes. She had narrowly escaped rape before in this land called Oz and considered herself extremely lucky. It was quickly becoming apparent that her luck was about to run out. She kicked harder, managing to free her feet and continued to kick and buck wildly into the air. At least she was able to keep one of them at bay. Mere seconds before his left hand managed to get under her pants, the lion jumped on the one straddling her stomach. Dorothy turned her attention to them as his large paws ripped the small man limb from limb in a fountain of blood. The quadling on her left arm jumped off out of fear and ran back into the cheering crowd of onlookers. The one on her right arm was a bit braver and climbed on top of her himself. He placed one hand firmly on her neck, crushing her windpipe, silencing her screams. With his other hand, he attempted to get a grip on her shirt as she squirmed and fought. 
His grin only got bigger, his grunts only got louder, and his body only got harder. He liked the fight. It was all part of a horrible game that he was about to win. With her hands free, Dorothy managed to unsheathe her knife. Bringing it up, she forced it into his throat and twisted it. His eyes bulged out in the shock of being defeated. Blood poured from his neck as Dorothy pulled the knife out. She held her hands over her face, shielding herself from the warm, red rain. She looked away as his body fell limp on top of her. The crowd fell silent as Dorothy pushed him off and crawled to the pike, using it to get back on her feet. She looked around as the blood-soaked lion rejoined her. Fighting the urge to vomit once more, she wiped the blood and tears from her face. She looked at the crowd of quadlings. They all stood still and silent. She looked up at Mr. and back at the crowd. She stumbled into the audience and grabbed two men by the hair on top of their flat heads. She dragged them, kicking and fighting, to the large pull that had been thrust through the scarecrow. She let go, dropping them to the ground, and with the knife she motioned to them to lower it. They obeyed. The lion stood guard as Dorothy pulled Mr.'s body from the large wooden pole. She laid her friend across the lion's back and stepped out in front of him. She began walking to the edge of the ruin, with the lion following close behind, as the quadlings nervously moved out of their way, granting them safe passage to the other side.